1: Your bigs did exactly what they were supposed to do tonight.
2: Yeah, and thank God we had our bigs tonight. You look at Andre Drummond, who had 15, 21 points, 15 rebounds, once again establishing, yes, I am still a starter in this league. Then Nikola Vucevic, who, uh, where's Nikola's number? Nikola had 21 points 21, and 10, 10 rebounds. I mean, anytime you got two big fellas doing that, you better win. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing with the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. They don't have anything to lose. You know, Terry Rozier, I'm going to let it hang, man. You know, I'm going I'm to let. I'm gonna just come out there with my whole game. I'm going to shoot everything I can. And the guy ends up with 39 points. Those are dangerous teams because they, they really don't care. You know, so they just go out
1: there and ball. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score.
2: Kendall Gill talking about the Bulls yesterday. Our Bulls defeat the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, we're going to get to some breaking news in just a second. Uh, I've been mentioning it for the last couple uh, hour or so. Cubs signed left-handed pitcher Soda Imanaga. Uh, We're going to hear some audio from Jed Hoyer, not on the breaking news, but just about, you know, what he was planning for the offseason. We'll get that, talk about some stats, how he can help the team in just a second. But, you know, briefly, you know, the Bulls yesterday continued to put together some wins. You know, you heard Kendall talking about the bigs for the Chicago Bulls. Andre Drummond, 21 points, 9 for 12 from the field, 15 rebounds. Vooch, 21 points, 10 rebounds on the day. I mean, it's interesting because Drummond really does have people out there looking like little babies. <laughs> it just, he makes them look like little kids when he's out there. But that's the NBA now, right, where it's like tall, lanky guys, stretch fives, guys that can shoot three. It's like, yeah, but they can't bang in the post. And that's definitely where the Bulls have an advantage uh, now with their starting lineup. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's out it, it's out there, but – what I'm curious is what the Bulls are going to look like in the next week. They, t- they face the Rockets on Wednesday, Golden State on Friday. You've seen Vooch and Zach come off the bench for the last two games, and Billy Donovan talked about what his plan for to reinsert the two into the
3: lineup is.
4: Is there a scenario in
3: which when Vooch – is out of the minutes restriction that Andre stays the starter or Vooch Vooch is the
5: starter. Yeah, I think we're gonna end up going back to Vooch and, and, and Zach. I think the biggest thing is I really appreciate what Andre's done in the absence of Zach and Vooch. You know, he's done a really nice job. And then I, and I you know, I think like if you look at our bench tonight, you know, it was it wasn't great. It certainly, you know, in in that end of the first beginning of the second, we got off to a really good start. I thought we were playing pretty well. Um you know, and and it's going to always be, I think, a little bit funky when you've got guys coming back into the rotation. You know, Alex missed the last game. Um, you know, Patrick missed. Now both of them are back. Zach's now back. Vooch is back. We got all these guys coming back, and we've got to find a, a chemistry and a cohesiveness, you know, for everybody out there. Uh, but my feeling would be to get Zach and Vooch back into starting lineup. My biggest thing was as long as as many games as they both missed, I didn't want to do anything to potentially. And that's why, to be honest with you, I started them for exactly tonight. Right. Didn't start them, you know, because you get an overtime game and then you start them, and then all of a sudden, you know, you some well that, or then all of a sudden something happens and right. you're kicking yourself a little bit. So I think I've tried to do it as as best we can to protect them. But I think now going forward, I think once they get to you know 32 to 35, then I think there's there's no need to bring them off the bench. Of
2: Billy Donovan talking about, uh, you know, the the guys that were riding the bench for the last couple of games, Zach and Vooch, and how you can reinsert them into the lineup. I think, you know, it's interesting finding the chemistry and finding what's best uh, for those guys and how they play well together is going to be important for the Bulls. Again, Bulls take on the Houston Rockets on Wednesday. You can listen to that right here on 670, the score. pregame begins at 645. I will lead you right into that. Then Friday, Bulls take on the Golden State Warriors at home. So you know the United Center is going to be rocking. Make sure you guys are around for that. Uh, Wrigley Fields is going to be rocking uh, this season. Cubs still going to be making some moves. We talked to Bruce Levine earlier. You know, he mentioned, hey, the Cubs still going to be getting some things done. Uh, this is the first domino to fall. Um, still potentially could be bringing back Belly, maybe a Hoskins, you know, but first base, definitely a, a key component for the Chicago Cubs. And it, it, it got me thinking about, you know, Jed Hoyer and, and him talking about the offseason. And it was he said something that was just so interesting because sometimes it can be a curse, you know, because it doesn't necessarily pan out from the off season till the end of the season. I listen to Jed Hoyer talk about uh, what, what he thinks could be a curse for the Cubs.
3: Winning the off season is probably more curse than, than blessing and you know, you Cody Bellinger wasn't exactly a move that people were lauding, you know, tremendously last year and it was probably one of the best free agent signings on the on the market and you know, you just don't know where that with the where the the best deals are going to come from. And I think, you know, certainly there's immensely talented players on the market, but I think if you go in thinking like, you know, it's one of those guys bust, you can make some really bad, you know, long-term decisions. So trying to win the off season is, uh, is not a good idea. We'll try to make the best decisions we can. And I think if we do that, we'll be in a good position.
2: There's Jed Hoyer talking right there. And and he's hoping that the latest signing is something that can help them win the season, not the off season. Soda Imanaga, left-handed pitcher from Japan coming on over. Uh, to the north side of Cubs, uh, reportedly um, signing him to a deal. Uh, the left-handed pitcher, he's played seven seasons out there in Japan. And if you're looking at some of the stuff out here, I mean, I was talking to Bruce earlier, 159 innings, 188 strikeouts. So, you know, nice little, nice little thing there. I gave up. I had ERA of 2.66 last season. But, you know, something that Bruce said immediately when we were talking about the signing stood out, and it was whether or not, you know, the fly balls that are hit in Japan. Like, this is something you would never think about. Shout out Bruce Levine. This is why I love talking to him. Guys like him. You know, a, a pop fly in Japan that might be on the warning track, you know, it potentially could be a home run in, in Major League Baseball because of the size and the athleticism and the strength of the players. It's almost like... If you're, people always like wonder, like, oh, well, what did steroids really do, or how did it affect the game? You know, made him jack, but what? No, it turned warning track, routine can of corn fly balls into home runs. And so, coming over to Major League Baseball, it's almost as if you're inserting a pitcher into an era of steroids and seeing what he can do there. Uh, but the good thing is, he does have a good uh, strikeout per nine innings, ten point six. You know, not. Too much. One home run per nine innings. I mean, so you know, he's doing good and he's been been consistent. W- wins and losses, you know, not necessarily there. Um, 64 and 50. But, you know, it's tough to win games. You never know what's going on over there. And like most purists say, don't look at wins, losses, Gabe. Yeah, I got you. Uh he's looking nice, but the Cubs for sure uh needed this signing. That is without question, right? You're losing Marcus Strowman. Um, regardless of what you want to say about his productivity, you know with the Cubs in the second half of the season. He was someone con- who contributed to their success and who allowed Cubs fans to to be optimistic about the season, his performance throughout the year. And, you know, Jed Hoyer, you know, is a guy who you got to have faith in him. Um, and, you know, is he going to just stop there with, with uh, Imanaga? I would say no. Uh, Jed Hoyer also in that same conversation, you know, talked about the need for pitching and the amount of it.
3: You know, the hard thing with pitching is you need a lot of it. You know, that there's, a, there's a world where those guys come up and have a huge impact, but you also have to realize that, like, you know, you, you just, you're going to need a lot of guys to get through the, the season and, you know, writing out your five guys in your rotation. And it's just, it just feels like those days have gone away. You know, as an industry, as a team, we just don't do that anymore. You just got to have a lot of guys and realize that, like, we got to get 1,400 innings, quality innings somehow. And that, that's kind of how we focus on it.
2: Jed Hoyer talking about the uh, you know, the signing. Um, and uh, John Morosi just tweeted out that Soda and Managa's deal with the Cubs, once finalized, will be for multiple years within AAV an annual annual excuse me, an average annual value uh, in the fifteen million dollar range. I'm thinking about what did what did Giolito get? Two years, thirty two, thirty six million? One of those two? So, I mean, I'm trying to put it in perspective, right? Like, if if I think Giolito is on his way down, but still a serviceable starter in the in bigs, and you think about what he's being paid, multiple years, hopefully it's for like four.
0: Yeah, that Giolito deal is two years, 38 million. Two so. years, 38 million. That's yeah. what I thought it was.
2: Because I remember telling people who thought Strowman was going to sign a $15 million deal, and I was like, did you just see what Giolito signed? <laughs> like, dude, Strowman's going to make way more money than him. But, you know, two years, thirty eight million. Damn. Shout out Giolito. Nineteen mil. But I guess that's what you would get for a short term deal, where the Inanaga deal is like, hey man, I'm coming to the bigs for the first time. Lock me up. I don't want to bounce around. Let's build something. Four years? You think it's four years or you think it's like six years? Six is a lot. I'm gonna guess four. Leo Stada her for with the four, Robbie Triano.
0: Yeah, I think it's 4-2. I don't think they want to be too, too risky. Because yeah, if, if he's bad, time. then you're stuck with that.
2: Yeah, I think six 4 is good. You know, you give him the first year, we can always give him excuses. The second year, you suck. We got to
3: And that kind of go. seems to be what the Cubs' window is with the rest of their contracts, too. Like, the next three, four years, rather right. than long-term. Putting
2: people there, I'm so curious as to what they're going to do after this. And whether Cody Bellinger, I, I really, for me, the interesting conversation is, in his heart of hearts, does, does Cody Bellinger want to come back to the Cubs? And you could say, "Oh, why not?" And listen, this and this. well, you know, he came from the Dodgers, so it's not like he's enamored by the glitz and glamour of Wrigley Field. I mean, maybe Wrigley Field because it's glorious, but playing, you know, in Chicago in the market, right? He, he came from LA for the Dodgers, I don't, you know. So, I think coming to Chicago is he like, "Yeah, I'm straight." You know, I, I I'd rather just go play somewhere else and, and get this money because he came to Chicago because he knew it'd be a platform for him to showcase his talents in the in the season. And he did. He did the best thing you could possibly do. Go to, go to the Cubs, get them, you know, believing that they're a contender. And then, you know, sign, sign that one-year deal so you can go get the money. So I'm wondering in his heart of hearts if he, in fact, feels like, yes, I want to go there. Because then I feel like he would have got the deal done already. I understand you're trying to drive up the price, but I feel like you would have got it done. It's not like you're 23, 4, or 5. So I'm, I'm curious about that. But you know, money talks. Get him back here. Cubs need him. They need Cody Bellinger here. The fact that he can play center field and first base at such a high level, and you can just not think about those positions if you're if you want to rotate guys. I wonder what kind of guy Craig Council is, too. Is he a rotator? Guys around a lot. Oh, what other pieces? Baseball's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Cubs did struggle in some areas. Judd Hoyer uh, talked about it that as well, and I wonder if that's where he's going to address next.
3: I think about it in terms of replacing that production. You know, it's just when we were at our best last year, I felt like, you know, Talkman was leaning off and, and getting on base. And Cody was you know, driving in runs. And then, you know, Candy was was a switch hitter who was really hitting well left-handed. And it felt like, you know, Cody tailed off at the end of the year a little bit. Candy was hurt, and it felt like we got sort of exposed a little bit offensively. And you know, yes, say I had a, a great second half, and we hope he continues that. But I do feel like, you know, just assuming we can get better by taking a step forward, I think is probably we we definitely need to to look look at upgrades, especially against right hand pitching.
2: I love it. Not only against right hand pitching, but just a team as a whole. Cubs are there. Cubs, the city is a better place when the Cubs are winning. That we know for sure. And so. I am optimistic, and I think that they will, you know, get the job done. I can't imagine them putting themselves – they're too smart. They're too smart, and they're too aggressive, and I, I'm jealous of it. And so I can't imagine a situation where the Cubs come in with an inferior team to last year. just a matter of time before things happen. And, again, you get a new new coach as well to talk about that and to, to handle that business. Ah, oh, can't wait. I can't believe I'm saying that. Can't wait. Baseball right around the corner. It's going to be great. Uh, but – In the present, uh, playoffs are right around the corner. The draft is closer than you think, and hopefully for all of us, the season will be here before we know it. Uh, And we get to discuss the Bears, where they're at, what their future looks like with our next guest, Matt Vertaram from Sports Illustrated. He's going to come hang out with us, and uh, I, 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 I think he loves Justin Fields and wants the Bears to build around him. I wonder what he's going to say, because you know that's going to be the first question out of my mouth. Matt Verderam joins the show next. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670
0: The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we
1: conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word
0: and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. <laughs> Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Second and six on the bootleg. Planting, firing. Boy, he threaded that one. That was some pass to DJ Moore and they move the ball to the Packers' side of the 50 and another
3: first down. Great job by D.J. Moore coming across the field to flatten underneath the safety, and what a throw right here.
1: That's really something. By
3: Fields, and this is what's been showing up. He is making this a very difficult decision here the last month or two, Justin Fields, and whether or not to take that quarterback with the number one pick. I mean, the way he's playing right now, getting the ball out of his hands, he's shot, Jim, he's been efficient, but he's really detailed
1: about Do it the right way. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score.
2: And as Tony Romo said on CBS 2, you got to keep Justin Fields and Lugetsky because he's doing a fantastic job. That's what he thinks. I mean, hey. He said he watched the tape, so we just got to take him for his word, right? That's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Uh, Don't forget leading you into Depaul basketball. Depaul taking on Creighton today. Zach Zayman. Dave Corzine. Chicago Bulls, great. Uh, They both have the call for you today, so make sure you're hanging out and uh, here on 670 to score to get that. Uh, But right now, uh, we're going to talk about not only Justin Fields, not only the number one pick, but just the current state of the Chicago Bears with our next guest. He's hanging out with us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline, Uh, writes writes about the NFL for Sports Illustrated, uh, but a Chicago guy uh, here now. Uh, It is Matt Verderan. Matt, good to talk to you again, brother.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing?
2: Doing good. Um, let's just start guns blazing. Uh, what team is Justin Fields playing for
4: next season? You know, it's, it's the optimal question right now. I think. Look, if, if I'm the Bears, let's put it this way: if I'm the Bears, I would trade Fields, and that's not because I don't think he can play. It's not because I don't think he's got a future as a quarterback in the NFL, and maybe even a pretty good one. But you're sitting with the number one overall pick in the draft that a lot of people think is a loaded class of quarterback and has a potentially generational talent, Caleb Williams. And if, if you're Chicago and you pass on that guy and he becomes 90% of what people think he's going to be, let's say he becomes a guy who's an eight, nine time pro bowler, super bowl type quarterback. If you pass on that guy, that's the Trubisky thing all over again, right? Where you're like, how did they screw that up? Because I look at fields and I think he's good. But when you watch him, do you honestly believe he's a top five level quarterback at some point in his career? If you don't think he is, then i trade him. And I take a kid who a lot of people think will be at some point in his career.
2: I agree with you, Matt. I've been saying it uh, to anybody that are listening for that very reason, right? It's like uh, my argument with Justin Fields is I think he's good. I think he is a top. 13 13 to 17 quarterback in the NFL. And I said, but I don't care how many Marvin Harrison juniors you give him or how many Ben Johnsons you give him. I just don't think he's going to be that top five quarterback top 10 quarterback in the league where like you mentioned, you know, the possibility exists for one of those quarterbacks, whoever the Bears feel like can be that guy uh, to be that. And it'd be interesting uh, uh, to see that. What I really bummed out about Matt this season when it comes to Justin Fields, is that we didn't get to see that statistical jump with the weapons that were added, right? We can we, we can talk about the need for a second receiver and maybe a better center and things like that, but you know you did have DJ Moore, you did have Darnell Wright, you did have an improved offensive line and an improved, improved yep. wide receiver room, and we didn't see the jump in stats that we would have liked to have seen.
4: Yeah, you know I look at it like and this is kind of a, a clumsy analogy, I guess, but. You know, if you're thinking about marrying somebody, you know, you better not go into the whole idea of a, of a proposal and say, you know, they're pretty cool. I kind of like them. Like, maybe it'll work. You know, you better go into that with like, hey, I have full confidence. I have no doubt in my mind. And I just don't know how you can look at fields right now. If you're the Bears brass. if You're Ryan Pauls and say, I have no doubt that the right move is – holding on to Justin Fields. I just think, you know, if you talk to people around the league and you you read around the league, there's there's the thought process of, hey, they could get a second-round pick for him. I mean, what elite quarterback is going for the price of a second-round pick? Could you get Justin Herbert for a second-round pick? <laughs> you know, like, oh, in right, right, like, right, right. you know, what world does that exist? Like, that doesn't exist. I mean – What would be the price, even for Trevor Lawrence, who right now everybody's kind of down on after the way that season ended. What is it, two firsts and change? Minimum? Maybe more than that? You can get Justin Fields for a second-round pick. Like, if, if, if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about the perceived value of the player, then what are we talking about? If I'm the Bears, I'm not messing around.
2: Yeah, Matt, and I've been telling my friends too. I'm like, well, you know, if the Bears, you know, because all my friends are like,
4: no, I trade down the number two, get Marvin
2: Harrison. I said, okay, well, let's see you trade down the number two. I was like, why don't you just trade the Patriots, Justin Fields? And then everybody always goes, oh, they'd never do that. And I got, I know that's my point. I was like, that's why we got to get another quarterback at the top of the draft. Uh, but I mean, it, it's a tough, tough decision. Do you believe? Do you do you believe Ryan Poles will make the right one?
4: I do. I do I think he'll, I, I think he's you know his first off season it's always hard to judge because you know, guys are coming in they're trying to get the, the infrastructure set up they're, they're trying to get a lay of the land don't care how much research you do I mean it's just hard it's hard to come in you're especially as a first time general manager you've got so many different things you're trying to figure out in real time and so I never judge a guy off his first off season I thought this past off season I thought he did a nice job. I thought they brought in some good players. I like the draft. If the draft looks like it could be pretty fruitful for him, Um, I I, I like the way polls is operated. So I do believe that he's the right guy for the job, that he can make the right decision here. And I just think ultimately, again, how often are you going to sit there with the first overall pick? I mean, I I know the Bears have had it now technically two years in a row. It's rare. It doesn't happen very often, and if you're going to be a good team, it's certainly not expected to happen very often. So, I think if you're Chicago, you trade fields for what you can get. You draft Caleb Williams at number ten overall. I'm, take, I'm taking the best guy available. I'm taking the guy that I feel like hey, this guy is going to is going to improve us further, um, and then I move forward. But if I'm if I'm Chicago and I and I like Caleb Williams the way most people in the league do, there's no way I'm passing. There's no chance. I don't care what I'm offered. I'm taking
2: them. Yeah. We're talking to Matt Verderram from Sports Illustrated right here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez. Yeah, it's tough to pass him up. I'm I'm I'm, I'm all about trading the number nine pick. I look at the, the the draft capital the Bears have, six picks, you know, two in the first, third yep. rounder, two fourths in that fifth, and I'm like, man, I f- I'm feeling greedy. I feel like I need more picks, and I feel like some team will want to get down to nine to get one of those quarterbacks, or I'm hoping at least, and then you just move like, you know, one of those trades where you get two slots down, you pick up a second or third rounder and just, you know, because I do think the Bears have some holes, and that's my next question to you. It's like, is there a position, Matt, that you think the Bears are are better off getting a veteran at rather than addressing it via the draft when you're looking at the holes for this team?
4: You know, it's a good question. I think, you know, any other offensive line improvements they make, I might go a veteran just because you have a young tackle and right. So you can afford to spend a little bit more on that line. You can allocate a few more financial resources there. Uh, I don't mind them going young at receiver. They, look, they got D.J. Moore. We'll see what happens with Moni. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a free agent here. But, yeah, I think, you know, I, I would build young in the offensive line. If they want to go young at linebacker, considering they've already, already spent with Edwards um, and, and Edmonds, maybe you want to add another guy there who can rotate in. Uh, but I'd like to see him maybe add a veteran in the secondary. Just again, another position where they they added a few guys as rookies this past year. Uh, maybe you go out and you, you find a better. Maybe a guy like a Kenny Moore out of Indianapolis should he hit the market uh, as he's scheduled to. So, yeah. And the other thing, by the way, and I think I said number ten earlier. Number nine. Um, what do, what do you think about going the Houston route where they traded up, mm. they took Stroud, the and then they went, you know what? Will Anderson's the best player in this draft. there's not a quarterback. We're taking him, too, because everybody killed Houston when they did that. It was like, well, look at next year. My God, Arizona's <laughs> going to get this great pick. How's that looking right now? Uh, like, if I were the Bears, I'd be calling – like, let's just say you get to the fourth pick and Marvin Harrison Jr. is still there, which I know people right now say is impossible, but we're a long way from the draft. Yeah, we've let's seen crazier things in the draft. I'd call them and be like, I'll give you i – I'll give you nine – I'll give you a second. I'll give you a fourth. Yeah, you know, like I would, or, or, or I'll give you a, a first, a second, next year, third, or something. Yeah. Like, go ahead and go get him. Go, 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 go get. I don't care what anybody says. You imagine you walk out of that draft with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh my god!
2: With the team that they're you'd, that's already in
4: place, you'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah,
2: yeah, you'd be all right. Uh, Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated, hanging out with us here. Uh, let's talk about the playoffs before I let you go. Just some NFL stuff here. Uh, one game I think a lot of people are going to be watching, myself included. Sunday Rams taking on the Lions. You know, a lot of storylines there. Uh, yeah. You know, a team that's been there versus a team that's trying to get there. Uh, what do you think happens in this one?
4: You know, I think of all the games this weekend, uh, and I'll be an hour, right? I'll be covering that game. Thank God from the uh, warmth of the press box. <laughs> um, I, you know, I really think that's the best game. The the, the Rams Lions. It's a game that. I actually like the Rams slightly, if only because they're, they're playing really well. They won seven of their last eight. Um, even though it's a road game for the Rams, it's, it's comfortable confines, right? I mean, it's indoors. So it's not they got to go outside and freeze like Miami's going to do this weekend. I think that benefits them. Stafford's comfortable playing there. He's played there the vast majority of his career. I just wonder with the Lions defensively in that game. They have not been good down the stretch. They've given up a lot of yards, a lot of points. And you're getting an offense. You know, people don't even talk about Kyron Williams. The, the guy was second in the league in rushing. I mean, he, you know, up until week 18, and, and then he sat. I mean, he had a great year. Puka Nakua, ops everybody knows, set the the rookie record for receiving yards. Cooper Cup. He got Stafford. He got a very good, improved offensive line, especially at the guard positions. I like the Rams. I think it's the most competitive of the games this weekend. But I like I like LA to go in there and find a way.
2: Yeah, so do I, oddly. It's like, you know, it's, it's like the team that didn't, wasn't sure, and then they, they finally are like, wait, no, we are better than a lot of these teams. And then they're like, hey, fellas, we can win this thing. <laughs> and I think yeah. they're at that place right now, and I think they're going to shock some people. And, and the Lions, I mean, listen, I do think they're good. I'm going to give them the respect, obviously, you know, winning the, the division for the first time. And, you know, you say to yourself, yeah, but, but but you still look at them and say, are you as good as some of the top teams in the league? And and that's going to be interesting. But before I let you go, Matt, give me your uh, give me the two that you think are going to be standing at the very end in the Super Bowl.
4: I like the Niners out of the NFC. I just don't see anybody beating them. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. Funny enough, I think if somebody beats them, I think it's the Rams because the Rams know them. They play them all the time. McVay and Shani, I know each other so well. But I like the 49ers. I just I'm not going to pick against them in the NFC. The ASU to me is far more open. I think the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs could all get there. I will pick the Ravens. They're at home. They got to play one last game. But if we get the two-three matchup, if we get Kansas City at Buffalo, that is going to be a game that whoever comes out of that game has a real shot to go to Baltimore and win. So, um, give me the two top seeds, but I think the AFC is a much more open question.
2: Yeah, you look at you're looking at that. I mean, when you th- you mentioned it a second ago, Miami going to Kansas City, Matt, and wow, that's got to be tough for them. They got to be kicking themselves for having to, you know, head out to Arrowhead, a team that you know they would love to be in some a warm weather situation. You think, but, I mean, obviously you have Kansas City beating them, it sounded like.
4: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm going to be out there Saturday covering that game. It's just. I feel like that game has the potential for we get like a close-up of of the Dolphins in the second quarter, and there's a look on their faces like, we do not want to be here. This is terrible. It's negative 15. They're by the space heaters. Yeah, it's loud as hell. They're down 14 nothing. Mahomes Uh, is just out of his mind. You're like, yeah, you know what, this is terrible.
2: And they're playing Taylor Swift in the time, during timeouts.
4: <laughs> yeah, and you got a whole bunch of people on Twitter complaining about the fact they paid $15 for Peacock and the game's over like 10 minutes into the second quarter. I think Miami's a good team. I just think it's, it's a terrible situation. You're really beat up. You're going to play an extremely talented, proud team in their building. The weather, that's just, that's the recipe for a game that you'll look at and just go, yeah, that, I don't love that matchup for them.
2: Yeah, you try to tell yourself like, "Hey, boys, it doesn't matter who's in front of us; we got to knock them all down." But the reality is that is not who you want to see in that first round. The uh, team that surprised most, and we were talking about them a second ago, uh, that have made it into the playoffs, the Houston Texans. Yeah, do they have? I mean, C.J. Stroud seems like a guy, kind of like Michael Penix, where he feels like it feels like I, I don't mind putting my team on my back, and you have to be worried about a guy like that in the playoffs.
4: You know what? He's the type of guy that listen. They're, they're not overly talented. And I could see Cleveland going in there winning. In fact, I, I would probably pick Cleveland in the close game. I just think that Cleveland is a little more well rounded, maybe a little bit more experienced. That being said, Houston's a weird. Like, if Houston wins that game and goes to Baltimore, you can't tell me that they've got no shot of winning to Baltimore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, they're just, they're one of those, like, Stroud's a real dude. Like, that guy could go in there. And throw for 350. I, I wouldn't want to face him. So that's why I look at the AFC and I just think, I don't think Houston can get to the Super Bowl. I think the top three sheets could. But other than Pittsburgh, any of those teams could, could go on a run. I mean, Miami, I think it's hard because of the match right? it's, and all the injuries. But you look at like Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland could go to Baltimore and win a game. And yeah. it's just it's a very interesting conference. Whereas I look And by the way, the pressure on the Ravens and the Bills in this playoffs mm. is bigger than on anybody else in the the playoffs. I mean, can you imagine if the Ravens lose in a divisional round (laughs) or if Kansas City goes to Buffalo and just knocks them out in their own building and knocks them out of the playoffs for the third time in, what, four years? I mean, it's just those two teams, the pressure is immense to win based on some recent history.
2: Yeah, it's going to be good stuff this weekend. Matt, I appreciate you hanging out with me, man, Uh, and hopefully we can speak again. Uh, before the Super Bowl. That would be good stuff to find out how these playoffs panned out.
4: For sure. Anytime.
2: Matt Verdaram from Sports Illustrated, NFL staff writer there. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He always got the goods, and he's got a Chicago angle as well. So that's always good. Uh, But these, these playoffs are going to be good starting Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Everything kicks off. Cleveland versus Houston. It's going to be a good one. Uh, as we mentioned today, if you didn't hear and you're just tuning into the score – Cubs signing left-handed pitcher Soda Imanaga from Japan got themselves a multi-year deal, roughly around 15 million a year, according uh, to some insiders. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, but coming up in just a bit, Deepal Basketball. Deepal Blue Team is taking on Creighton. Uh, that's going to be a good one. Zach Zayman. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Dave Corzine got that as well. All right, so I got to say thanks to my guests today. Big shout out to Rusev. Le- Uh, Levine for coming on today and talking about the signing gotta thank Chris Emma for hanging out as well talking to some Bears and then Matt Berteran giving us some insight not only on the future of the Chicago Bears but also the NFL playoffs gotta thank my producers today Leo Stoddard for holding things down my guy fastest guy in the building also thanking Robbie Triano for helping out as well alright mi gente next time you'll hear me it's tomorrow and that's the last time you're hearing me, because then I'm out to Puerto Rico. I leave on Thursday. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be exciting. So my last show will be tomorrow, 6 p.m., right before Bulls basketball. All right. I am Gabe Ramirez. Deep Hall Basketball coming up next. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.